Bishop Parks goes to Rome to share the good news of our diocese with the Holy Father. What news does he bring back to us? Ash Wednesday is one of the biggest days of the church year. Why? And Lent is upon us. What will you take up or give up? These topics and more coming up next. Welcome to A View from the Top with Bishop Gregory Parks, Bishop of the Diocese of St. Petersburg. A View from the Top is a candid and hopeful conversation on current events that affect our church, our community, and our country. Now, here's Bishop Parks and the General Manager of Spirit FM, John Morris. Welcome home, Bishop. John, it's good to be with you and great to be back home here in the Diocese of St. Petersburg. So, this was your first ad limina visit to Rome to represent the Diocese of St. Petersburg. How was it? It was great. We were there for a week and um, just an amazing experience, both uh, spiritually as well as um, you know, just receiving information from the different congregations or dicasteries that we visited while we were there. How many of these type of visits have you done? So this was actually my second ad limina visit. My first one was back in 2012, almost right after I was named a bishop, but before I was ordained bishop of the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee. So I went to Rome as a bishop-elect, kind of in a, a middle state, you know, okay. just before my ordination. So this was my second one. I have to say I was a little more comfortable this time. The last time I was just a little bit scared and intimidated by the experience, but having now been a bishop for almost eight years, uh, it was a very good week. But this wasn't the first time you'd met Pope Francis, was it? No, um, I've actually met him on two previous occasions. Uh, once when he visited the United States, while we saw him at St. Matthew's Cathedral in Washington, I had the opportunity to shake his hand as he passed by. And then after a uh, weekly audience in St. Peter's Square back in 2014, I had been to Rome with my seminary class to celebrate our 15th anniversary of ordination to priesthood. And after the weekly audience in St. Peter's Square, I was able to go up to greet the Holy Father for more or less about 20 to 30 seconds. It was very quick. In those past encounters with Pope Francis, did he say anything different to you in those brief moments than he did this time, or is it about the same? No, usually what the Holy Father will say to you when you just have a few seconds, really, to, to just greet him. Normally, I would say, you know, Holy Father, it's a pleasure to, to meet you. We're praying for you. And he'll always say, pray for me. That's typically his his kind of stock uh, sure. way that he responds is just, please pray for me. And of course, we do. Every time we celebrate Mass, we pray for Francis, our Pope, and uh, remember him in the intercessions and in our personal prayers as well. You went to Rome, and you didn't go by yourself. No, we uh, we traveled with the bishops of Region 14. So region the United States is divided into 14 geographic regions. Our diocese in Florida is in Region 14, which is, encompasses the Carolinas as well as Georgia and Florida. So there were a total of 15 bishops from our region that traveled to Rome. Okay, and from our diocese, you also had a couple of other people that went with you. I think Monsignor Morris and Father Carl Melchior. I, I did. I invited, um, you know, it's typical for a bishop to take a couple of representatives from the diocese with him. So I invited our vicar general, Monsignor Robert Morris, who's also pastor of uh, St. Catherine of Siena Parish, and my priest secretary and MC, Father Carl Melchior, also accompanied me. It was a nice opportunity for them to see what happens during the week and to be part of, you know, the masses that we celebrated at the basilicas, as well as to greet the Holy Father himself. 
do all the bishops travel on the same plane or y'all just get there on your own schedules? Well, we had to be there by a specific day and time, but bishops arrived at different times. I, I did have several other bishops on my flight, both traveling to Rome and then returning back here to the United States. Are you one of these travelers that can sleep on the plane? That's a, that's a pretty good length I'm, I'm not really, John. I, uh, I guess maybe because of my size. And the flight over to Rome was about eight hours. The flight back from Rome was 11 hours, wow. I think, because of the headwind. So it was quite a bit longer. And though I was pretty comfortable on the plane, I don't typically take the opportunity to sleep. I'll usually watch some movies or some of the, you know, binge watch some of the mm-hmm. TV series and things that are, are provided on the plane. When you're on the plane, do people recognize you or recognize that you're a bishop or, you know, hey, hey Father, you know, if you're wearing a collar, they may not know. Yeah, they, they usually do. We, we traveled uh, over to Rome wearing our clerics, so um, people would recognize us as priests or as a bishop and did have some, some folks say hello and uh, or just acknowledge you. I think somebody said they felt safer now that they knew that, <laughs> that there was a priest or a bishop on board, uh, which is always kind of interesting to hear. But yes, and, and in fact, on my last leg of my flight back here to Tampa, we had some parishioners on the flight itself. Okay. Do they ever engage you in like formal questions or hey what are we going to do about uh, this or that or it's just more of a passing and not person. usually yeah not typically business uh, but just how are you doing or where are you coming from that that type of thing sure, so sure. you get to rome where are you staying do you, you i mean you're not at, at the holiday inn i wouldn't reckon no we stayed at the uh, north american college which is our american seminary in rome and had nice accommodations there and one of the great things about the north american college is it's literally about five minute walk to get to St. Peter's. So it's very close to St. Peter's Square and and to the Vatican. Now, while you were at the (laughs) seminary there, you had the opportunity to see some of our own right here from the Diocese of St. Petersburg. I did. Um, We have one priest, Father Ralph D'Elia, who is finishing his studies in Rome, as well as Deacon Josh Bertrand, who's in his fourth year. Deacon Josh will be ordained a priest of our diocese this May uh, at St. Jude Cathedral in St. Petersburg. Also, in addition, Father Gilberto, uh, priest of our diocese, is on sabbatical in Rome now for about four months. So it was great to see them and, and also to celebrate Mass and, and go to dinner with them as well. Is Rome one of your favorite places to go? I mean, when you, when you, when you go, are you saying, gosh, this is a business trip, I'm dreading going? Or is it, wow, I can't wait to go see the sites and reconnect with where I studied? It is. It's always good to return there. I, as our listeners may remember, I studied in Rome, so I lived there for four years while I was in the seminary. And so to go back is a great experience. And to be uh, close to the Pope and, and to St. Peter's tomb is always a very special experience for me. And, and John, there's good food there as well. So that's, oh, yeah. it's always a plus of going back to Rome and to Italy. When people come to visit, I have a meeting with the bishop. There's a little bit of nervousness that goes on there. I have to go to the pastoral center. I have to go see the bishop about some business. Do you get nervous having to go to report on the diocese? No, I was, again, I think now being a bishop for eight years, I was felt very comfortable being in Rome and meeting with the various departments, uh, the various congregations that are there. And particularly, I was at peace when I met the Holy Father. You know, that's a, a very special moment. You might think you might, would be nervous or anxious about it. But I was very much at peace, and I think it's because of his presence. Uh, he has a peacefulness about him, and he was extremely welcoming to us when we went to the Vatican to meet with him. I'll say publicly, one of the great things about Bishop Parks is that you're very open and transparent 
on social media. And I really enjoyed, and I think I'm echoing a lot of the sentiment of the people that follow you, the photographs and pictures that, that you, and I'm sure Father Carl, uh, also took and shared with your visit. And I, I was very appreciative of that. Sure. Well, I, as I share my ministry here in the diocese uh, on social media, so I wanted to share my trip. I had limited visit to Rome, and that included the, the four major basilicas that we visited in Rome to celebrate Mass as well as pictures from our visit with the Holy Father. That was, again, a, an amazing moment. And you know, it was my, my blessing to introduce the priests of our diocese and Deacon Josh to the Holy Father because they're a great source of joy and a great source of hope for the future of our diocese. So when the, all the bishops are in the room with the Holy Father, he says, talk about anything for two and a half hours. Do you have an agenda going into what y'all <laughs> want to talk about? We didn't really discuss among ourselves any formal type agenda or things that we're going to talk about, maybe in casual conversation. I might have asked another bishop, do you know what you're going to ask the Holy Father or share with him? So no, it was just an open conversation. We went in, the Holy Father invited us to sit down. He apologized, first of all, because he was a little bit late getting to our meeting. He had a previous meeting, which took longer than he anticipated. So he apologized and uh of course, we said, no worries, <laughs> Holy Father, say, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then he asked us to just share our thoughts, to ask anything that we would like to ask him uh, or to share anything about our dioceses that we would, would like to do. Uh, he was very hospitable. He had water for us available if we wanted it and uh, even pointed out where the restroom was, John, in case nice. we had to get up during the meeting okay. to, to use the restroom. So it was just a very comfortable meeting. And he made it clear that we were there as brothers, you know, as brother bishops. He is the Bishop of Rome, as well as obviously being the Pope. But uh, he wanted it to be a very fraternal gathering and a very open conversation. Can I be so bold as to ask what did you say to the Holy Father regarding our diocese? Sure. So I asked a kind of a general question. I, I said, Holy Father, I, I'd like to ask you a question about hope. I said, you know, in our world today and in, in his ministry as Pope, he's very well aware of the problems, the challenges, the issues that the church faces throughout the world, and specifically in the United States with regard to the sexual abuse scandals and financial scandals. And I mentioned to him that because of that, that it has caused some people to question their faith and even to lose faith and to question their trust in the bishops. So I asked him, I said, Holy Father, do you have some words of encouragement and hope for those who may be struggling with their faith because of these different scandals and challenges that the church is facing today? He basically reminded us that in history that the church has gone through very difficult periods but yet God's hand has always been present there to lead and to guide the church. He spoke about the martyrs who encountered great suffering because of particular situations or circumstances during their time, but yet the church was strengthened by their witness and by their faithfulness. And then he just, again, reminded us to always see God's hand at work and to know that God is always leading and guiding his church. So I thought those were um, very good and very hopeful words to bring back home. You know, I'm seeing this long rectangular table, and or are you uh, sitting around just in chairs in an open room? It was in a large, you would almost say a, a large room, and we were just sitting kind of in a U-shape. Uh, the chairs were arranged with the Holy Father at the top of the U. Mm -hmm. Does he know, do you have to go around and introduce yourselves? 
Well, we uh, when we came into the room, he was waiting for us by the door, so we greeted him then uh, and then introduced our guests mm-hmm. who were with us. After that, all the bishops went over and sat down while the Holy Father spoke to the guests that were present, and then he dismissed them so that he could meet with us privately. Yeah. I didn't know if you had, like, name plates that he could— <laughs> Zoom in like you, you see in Congress sometimes, you know. Sure, the- sure. No, um, again, we introduced ourselves to him when we entered the room. Sure. Is there anyone taking notes there? I mean, if he says something really profound that you can bring back or they can put in the archives of something that he said, is there is there that kind of thing? Or is it just a private and there's no note taking, no recording? Yeah. This is what it is. I, I think, no, there, there there was no one in the room taking notes. In fact, the only other person in the room besides the bishops and, and Pope Francis was a translator. The Holy Father does understand and speak English a bit, but of course it's not his first language, so he prefers to speak in Italian, uh, which he did, and a translator was there to translate his words into English for us. He asked that we would speak in English, and his translator translated into Italian for him. But he was the only other person that was present and would not have been appropriate to be recording any of the conversation or taking notes during that time while we were in his presence. When you're there, and when when I'm with you, I see that you have a, a great deal of weight that you carry for operating and overseeing and teaching the Diocese of St. Petersburg. He's got the weight of the world. And then he's got you and, and your brothers coming in to share just in the Southeast United States. But there's so many other issues. Do you feel that when you're there in the room with him? I had a awareness of the weight that he bears on his shoulders in being the successor of St. Peter and our Pope. It's the weight of the world. He's responsible for all the souls in the world and carries a great deal of weight on his shoulders, which is why I think he always asks us to pray for him. And again, we do that. So I was aware of that. But I have to say, John, when we were in his presence, he gave us his undivided attention. He was very focused. He wasn't distracted by anything else that he might be dealing with or trying to to resolve at the time. He just gave us two and a half hours of his time and uh, was very attentive and very interested in what we had to say and to respond to the questions that we posed. This group, Region 14, was the last of them in the United States. Kind of. Uh, we were the last okay. geographic region. Okay. There is a Region 15, which is uh, composed of the Eastern Rite bishops who serve in the United States, and they're actually on the ad limita visit now. Okay. So they followed us, and they will be the last group from the United States to visit Rome on this round of ad limina visits. How big was the report that we sent over? It was about 200 pages, <laughs> so uh, it was quite lengthy because it reports on all different aspects of our diocese and, and the life of the church here. And I believe there's a, a summary of it on our website. The last visit that you had mentioned when you first got to Tallahassee uh, was with Pope Benedict. How are those two different, these two meetings? Well, it's, again, two very different personalities, although uh, my recollection is that Pope Benedict, first of all, our meeting with him was a bit shorter. I, I want to say it was about an hour as opposed to two and a half hours with Pope Francis. But again, he was just very welcoming and very engaging, kind of an interesting connection between the two. When Pope Benedict met me, he looked up at me and asked me how tall I was. And when uh, Pope Francis, when I greeted him uh, on this visit, he asked me if I played basketball. So <laughs> I think they were both kind of interested in, in, in my height, which, of course, many people are. How tall is he? He's 
I would estimate he's probably about six foot tall. So okay. he's not a not a short uh, person. Point guard. More kind of <laughs> kind of more average height. Uh, yeah. In the movie The Two Popes, which we talked about a few sessions ago, big soccer fan, I, I guess. He he does, and Pope Benedict enjoyed soccer as well. Okay. In fact, there's a famous photo of the two of them watching a soccer match together. Okay. And I think sharing a beer as well. Sure. So one of the bishops during our conversation with Pope Francis asked him if he had seen the movie The Two Popes. What did he say? He said he had not. Yeah. And uh, kind of by his reaction indicated that he probably, he probably wouldn't would. be seeing it. Were there any questions that were asked in the room that were surprising to you? No, um, I, I don't think so. The Holy Father talked a little bit about the Amazon Synod because that document on the Synod had just been released the day before we met with him. He talked about the whole concept of synodality and that process of engaging you know, the bishops in dialogue and discussion over different topics. Talked about our youth and our young people today and some of the distractions and challenges facing them. So it was a whole wide range of topics, again, over two and a half hours. And his responses were always very thoughtful and very thorough. You also mentioned earlier dicasteries. They used to be called congregations, the heads of the offices. What is a dicastery and how many of them are there? So uh, they are still called congregations. uh, And there are, I don't know the exact number, John, but I would estimate probably about 15 of them that basically are responsible for the day-to-day life of the church and for assisting the Holy Father in all different aspects of the church. Everything from marriage and family, causes of saints, the congregation for the doctrine of the faith, all these different congregations, evangelization. So uh, we did have the opportunity to visit a number of them during the week. We couldn't go to every single one, but it's a chance, usually lasts about an hour, the meeting, and an opportunity to ask questions or to seek uh, input on local issues within our own church here. To those, uh, the heads of the dicasteries or the offices they're in, do they question a little bit more the individual reports? They did not make specific reference to anyone's what we call quinquennial report, which is the report that's submitted about six months before our visit on the life of the diocese. But they do ask in general about the church in the United States and about any issues that we we might be dealing with. So typically at the meetings, the head of the congregation would very often be a cardinal of the church, and then he would have an archbishop or bishop who also assists him in the work of that congregation. It sounds like this is similar to what we have in the United States with the president and his cabinet. Very much. It's just the the way that the Vatican is structured to to handle and to serve the church on a day-to-day basis, all the different aspects of our church's life. So it sounds like you were busy every day, but there was one day that there was a holiday. (laughs) There was a Tuesday of the week that we were there is an annual Vatican holiday because it's the remembrance of the signing of the Lateran Treaty, which established Vatican City State as its own entity, as its own nation, with the Holy Father as its sovereign leader. So that was kind of a holiday at the Vatican. For us, it was mainly a free day to do what we wanted to do, which uh, I took the opportunity to rest a bit and to get ready for the remaining activities during the week. Now, you got to go to other places besides St. Peter's. We did. Of course, one of the main things we do on the Ad Limita visit is to celebrate Mass and to pray at the tomb of St. Peter at St. Peter's Basilica. But we also visit the other three basilicas, St. Mary Major, 
St. John Lateran, and St. Paul outside the walls. We do celebrate Mass and pray at each of those basilicas on a different day during the week. And those are always special celebrations because we're together as bishops and celebrating the Eucharist together, which we don't often get to do. If I asked Father Carl or Monsignor Morris what they took away, what do you think they'd say? I think first they would probably uh, recall meeting the Holy Father, meeting Pope Francis as maybe the the most special moment during the week. I think they also enjoy just spending the time with their diocesan bishop, with myself, and with the other bishops that were there. It's a very kind of relaxed atmosphere, and you get to see the bishops and talk to them maybe in a little different way than you would normally be able to do. You said you studied in Rome. Do you ever go back to your old class? And are there any of your old <laughs> teachers still there? Well, some of the uh, I studied at the Pontifical Gregorian University, which sounds very impressive. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's basically a bunch of classrooms uh, building in, built in, in the sixteen hundreds in, in the middle of Rome. It's uh, run by the Jesuits, and I have visited there since I graduated, but I did not go back on this visit. And yes, some of the believe it or not, uh, one or two professors are still teaching there some twenty years later from when, yeah, well, when I, I left. You. <laughs> Well, at least you left a good impression with them for to be remembered. Any of your any of your classmates you, when you went back on your reunion, have any of them moved up the ladder? Are all still priests or, or what? Yeah, there's actually now um, two other members of my class who are bishops, so that makes three. Myself, uh, Bishop Adam Parker, who's a classmate, he was ordained a couple years ago as an auxiliary bishop of Baltimore, and in fact, during our ad limited visit, my classmate uh, Bishop uh, Bob McClory was ordained as the Bishop of Gary, Indiana. Okay. So I was uh, very happy for him, but I, unfortunately, I had to be in Rome. Sure. <laughs> so I, I, I would have attended his ordination, but was in Rome, of course, for the ad limited yeah. visit. I've got to ask one more time: What was your big takeaway? from the whole trip as a, as a conclusion. I think I, I left Rome feeling affirmed and encouraged uh, by what I heard there, both from the different congregations that we visited, as, as well as from our Holy Father, from Pope Francis, just have a great sense of affection for him, realizing the, the burdens that he carries uh, in his ministry, but also knowing that he's praying for and supporting us as bishops in our ministry. And so that solidarity, that fraternity that we shared is something that I'll always remember. Ash Wednesday and Lent are upon us. Explain to our listeners a little bit about what the meaning of Ash Wednesday is. So Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of the season of Lent, which is that 40-day period in preparation for celebrating the Triduum, or Holy Week, and Easter. It's a time of spiritual preparation, of prayer, of penance, and of almsgiving, or giving to the poor, as a means of preparing ourselves, of kind of cleansing ourselves and purifying ourselves to worthily celebrate Holy Week and the Lord's resurrection on Easter Sunday. Next to Easter and Christmas, probably the most crowded and well-attended church service that you'll go to. Ash Wednesday, uh, the church uh, distributes ashes, which are a sacramental. So they dispose us to, to enter deeply into the mysteries of Christ. So the ashes remind us of our mortality as Catholics, as, as Christians, the fact that we 
come from dust and we will return to dust when we die, just as a means of humbling ourselves before God and realizing that we're dependent upon him for all that we have and all that we are. We'll talk more in our next program about all the interesting aspects of Lent and how we should go through these next 40 days in prayer, fasting, and almsgiving and what those aspects are about. As we close out today, I want to, again, on behalf of everyone in the Diocese of St. Petersburg, thank you for being a great shepherd and representative for us and going to see the Holy Father. As you saw on your Facebook account and Twitter, everybody loves it and really enjoyed seeing the pictures. And so, so thank you for that. And can we close with prayers we enter this Lenten season? Of course. Let us pray. God, our Father, we thank you and praise you for your many blessings. And as we prepare to enter this holy season of Lent, we ask that you may prepare our minds, our hearts, and our souls to worthily celebrate the mysteries and the resurrection of your Son at Easter. Through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, may we grow in our love for you and in our love for one another, particularly for the poor and for the less fortunate in our world. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. For more with Bishop Parks, including past programs, his social media accounts, and ways to subscribe to this podcast, visit dosp.org bishop. A View from the Top is a production of Spirit FM 90.5 and the Communications Office of the Catholic Diocese of St. Petersburg. A View from the Top is made possible by the annual pastoral appeal and listeners like you. Thank you for your support.